You're listening to Divorce Literacy with the Divorce Lending Association, a divorce podcast where we dig deep into issues of divorce that center around the marital home, other real property, and divorce mortgage planning, helping divorcing homeowners and their divorce team make more informed decisions regarding home equity solutions during and after divorce. I'm Carrie Goldring with the Divorce Lending Association, and I'm a Certified Divorce Lending Professional, or CDLP for short. This is a part of our Divorce Literacy Series, and today I'm here with Jordana Wolfson, and I'm going to have Jordana introduce herself and tell us a little bit about what you do. Okay. Well, thank you, Carrie, so much for having me. It's always an honor to be with you. And I love that you have called this divorce literacy because I think that divorce can be very overwhelming, yet the more that you know actual information, the easier it is to manage through it and not feel so overwhelmed or powerless. Um, So I am a therapist. I am a licensed master social worker. And I have a business called Co-Parenting Solutions, LLC. All of the work I do is only in the space of divorce and separated families. Um, My primary focus is on co-parenting counseling. So that's working with two parents who are either separated or divorced and working with them on finding effective ways to co-parent their children while the children are going back and forth between homes. Um, And a lot of that work is on communication between each other, uh, respecting and honoring the other parents and valuing them and valuing their opinion, listening to each other, providing feedback in a positive and structured way so as not to you know, destroy the relationship between each other, even if there's things that you might be unhappy about that the other parent is doing with the kid. And as I always remind my parents who are separated and divorced that um, it is not just separated and divorced people who have the corner in the market on uh, bad co-parenting. So it's very challenging for anybody to co-parent, whether married or apart from each other, because you're coming from two different life experiences and two different sets of goals and philosophies and values. And sometimes trying to meld those together is really hard. But it's even more challenging when it's somebody that maybe you don't trust or you feel hurt from. Um, But I always try to get people to focus on collaborating, not necessarily trusting each other, but at least being able to collaborate together. Um, The second type of work I do is called parenting time coordination. Uh, Those are for families who really are not candidates for co-parenting counseling because Maybe the hurt and anger is too far gone for them to have any success in trying to work together, communicate together. Maybe there's been a tremendous amount of litigation in the case that has really escalated beyond a place where they can come back together and collaborate. Um, Maybe one of the parents has or both have a personality disorder, mental health issues that keep them from being able to co-parent with the other. So in those cases, even though I don't feel it's ideal, um, I'd rather see people learn to communicate together and co-parent together. In those cases, I look at it that at least if they do what's called parallel parenting, they have somebody in the middle, the parenting time coordinator 
who can go be a go-between and help them to get decisions made in a timely manner for their children. So as a parenting time coordinator, I have a little bit more, um, I would say, empowerment through the process, through a consent order that is signed uh, usually with the attorneys about areas that I can make recommendations And I usually just meet individually with the parties to get their input on various items that they want to have resolved. I try to mediate between them. And when I can't mediate between them, then I make a recommendation. And and usually that resolves the issues in a more timely manner. So this way, kids don't have to wait to, you know, maybe have medical work done, orthodonture work done, things like that, that, you know, when parents have joint legal custody and they can't agree on something, sometimes these decisions get delayed six months or a year and it's not fair to a kid. It's really not. So, um, but ultimately, you know, with the co-parenting counseling, that's my favorite because I, I would much rather get parents to a place that they're able to work together because I think that children are much more, Uh, feeling secure and safe in a situation where their parents can communicate and collaborate and coordinate with each other. Um, The third thing I do is mental health coaching for collaborative divorces. So a collaborative divorce is a divorce that includes a team of people working together, usually a lawyer on each side, a neutral financial person, and either a neutral mental health coach or a two mental health coach model where there's a mental health coach for each party. So in Michigan, it seems like most of the cases, there's a neutral mental health coach. So I may be there to support them through the process to clue in the attorneys and the finance person on some sensitivities and things to be aware of. I will go to the meetings with the parents. And um, if there's you know something emotional, and it's getting really heated, I might be able to offer some strategies to de-escalate or, you know, we'll go outside the meeting and I'll work with one or one of them and then maybe go to the other one to try to see if I can de-escalate so we can get back to having some productivity in the meeting. And then if they have minor children, I often work with them on a parenting agreement and ways that they can start off their co-parenting relationship in a positive way. But I've even found in what we call gray divorces, where the families, you know, the parents might be a little older and their children are grown and flown. There's still a lot of issues related to the kids, which is really interesting. So, I mean, first of all, how do you not triangulate your children, your adult children in your divorce? How do you not use your adult children as a therapist? Because it's so not healthy for them. Um, But sometimes also you have parents who are struggling with, with children who are in their 20s and 30s with their own set of mental health issues or you know, economic troubles and the parents might have different ways that they think it should be dealt with. And sometimes they still need to work together because you're not done being a parent just because your kids turn 18. I can say that. That is so, so true. Oh my God. I have so many questions based on what you said. (laughs) Yeah, I said a lot. We might need to like schedule part two. (laughs) Okay. I'm always happy to schedule part two. It's funny, like from a layman's perspective, when you say parenting time, okay, so silly me, I'm thinking I'm going to pick up on Thursday and you're going to drop off on Monday. 
it never even like dawned on me that it could be so-and-so needs braces and I don't want to take them to the doctor you want to take them to, or I don't want to pay for it. Or I can't even imagine with like the COVID shot and all that stuff. Yeah, that that didn't even hit my brain. So Carrie, that's so interesting you say that because that's why I actually don't love the title of it. Like if I could change the name of it, it would be a parallel parenting coordinator because one of the things I actually can't do as a parenting time coordinator is change the percentage of parenting time that people have. That's a court issue. So um, I think, you know, because of the name, I do think people get confused about yeah, it. Totally. what. But the reason it's named that I think also is because I'm dealing with things during parenting time and I am dealing with things like, for example, if, if a parent misses parenting time, let's say, and, you know, hey, I'm going out of town for a trip and, um, you know, for business. And we had agreed that when I go out of town for business that I'd have makeup parenting time. I will help them w- resolve issues related to that. You know, how, when is the makeup time going to take place and for how long and on what days or if there's confusion over something, because there's often gray areas, no matter how well you write a parenting agreement. And I write a lot of parenting agreements as part of divorces. And no matter how tight you write it, there's always like some gray area, like one year where Easter is on spring break. And so I'm kind of like, then can weigh in and say, all right, let's clear up the gray area. And this is what we're going to do about it. So, but you're right. It it should be something more like a parent, a parallel parenting coordinator, because it includes so much more. It's extracurricular activities. What are we signing up for? Are we taking our kids to a therapist? Which therapist are we taking the kid to? You know, are we putting our child on medication for ADHD? Are we, you know, are we getting an evaluation for ADHD? So just a thousand things. And the COVID shot. Oh, yeah, that's a big one. I don't actually make a recommendation, though, on COVID shots. I've put that over to the court. I think that's probably smart. So, yeah. So, I mean, even like, let's say the kids are in hockey, who's taking them shopping to buy equipment, then who's paying for the equipment? And how expensive is the equipment you're buying? Right. You're buying the top of the line, the middle. Oh, that's true too. Right. Everybody's agreed to the expense. I I have little tricks, you know, I say, okay, so everybody's not going to agree. So let's take three prices, the highest, the middle, the lowest take the middle price, split that. And then if somebody wants to bump up to the, to the fancier, they can pay the difference for that. So, you know, I just have to come up with all of these ideas. (laughs) I have my bag of tricks. It's somewhere in the corner. There you go. When you're ready to retire, you're going to need to publish your bag of tricks. Publish them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. So I was thinking totally totally off base. So when you say you write the parenting agreement, you're writing saying, if you have the kid, you take them to the doctor. Like you're writing all those details down. Well, yes. So I write a pretty comprehensive parenting time agreement when I have a family getting divorced or occasionally I've had families wanting to modify their parenting time agreement And they are in a space that they're able to work together with a third party and do that. They don't need to do it through the court. They might submit it to the court so that it's on file and enforceable, but they're actually able to work on it themselves. So 
when I write a parenting agreement, what I include in there is what is the regular parenting time schedule? Let's say it's 50-50. Are we doing week on, week off? Or you get every Monday, Tuesday, you get every Wednesday, Thursday. We have so many weekends. things, right? Yes, and I actually have like a whole list of like different schedules you could use. But I tell people too, part of the benefit of working with somebody like me is I can be creative, whatever works for your family, because there are families where it's really complicated. You might have a nurse and a police officer and person works nights and person works 12 hour shifts or things like that. And this way, rather than having somebody put sort of like a boilerplate schedule together and they got to fit their life into that, I say, let's create a parenting schedule that actually makes sense for your family and for your children and how far apart do they live, things like that. And then it includes a holiday and break schedule. And it's very detailed in terms of what time we're going to pick up on Easter, what time drop off, or, you know, you're getting July 4th. What what if July 4th falls on a Monday or Friday? Do you get the whole weekend? And so sometimes I'll go through with them all the different options. And I'll say like, this is what families typically do. They might do it this way, that way, or this way. But you can also figure out if you have something creative. And I have families where you know, they have a a certain holiday that they celebrate that's very important to them. Like I had somebody once that was very important to them the day before, I think it was a Saturday night or something, maybe to the day before St. Patrick's Day. That was a very important event in their family. So we include that in the agreement. And I've had a lot of families, different religions and cultures, and we include all of those things. Um, But yes, then I do put a bunch of paragraphs about how are we going to behave? We're not going to disparage each other to the children. We're going to work in cooperation with each other. I call these the co-parenting intentions. I think you need this for regular people that are like married. Like it's like the only benefit and it's too bad it happens at divorce. But when you have like even the collaborative stuff and you have like someone say, okay, let's dissect your family emotionally, financially, legally, and then put all the pieces in place. Like everybody needs that. But no one does it. It's so true. It is so true. So some people get it like they end up in marriage counseling. And and I would say a lot of times in marriage counseling, marriage counselors are working with the family on co-parenting because a lot of times the problem is how they work together with the children. And do they undermine one another? Are they a united front? Are they not a united front? It makes a big difference. So yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. It sounds amazing I went through it because it's so complicated. I know. I know. Right. It is complicated. It is. So there's nothing easy about raising children. And and what I really try to impress upon the families I work with is that, you know, there's never going to be a smooth road. There's never a smooth road with parenting. There's never a smooth road with co-parenting, whether you're with that person romantically or not. And so it's okay that mistakes are made at times or somebody does something that they didn't, the other person doesn't like. It's about finding your way back to the big picture of, do you value though that person's role in your child's life? And that's something that I feel very strongly about, which is why I call my business co-parenting solutions is I value both parents, if they're both available, loving, involved parents, being involved in their children's lives and having a meaningful relationship and meaningful time with their children. And I, what I try to encourage parents is that 
you may not have liked your relationship with the other parent. You may not like a lot of things about them. You can go pick somebody new. Right. But the kids can't. They don't have that option. And, and, And even if they have that option, even if they're mad at their parent, they don't want anybody else. This is, this is who they want. So, um, so we've got to find a way. So respecting and valuing the important role of the other parent in the child's life is, is half the job of co-parenting. If you can start from that place, everything else will fall into place. I really believe that. That makes, that makes so much sense. God, you have a, you have a tough job. It's challenging at moments. (laughs) I think if I was you, I would go home more mentally exhausted than I go home. (laughs) And, you know, so it's interesting because for me, like a lot of people enjoy working at home. And for me, when I did work at home for a couple months during the pandemic, it was hard because I, it was like, I was bringing all this conflict into my home and that was hard. And also I need a time to decompress. I have a 10 minute drive home, but that 10 minute drive is just a decompression. All you need. And I leave it at the office. So that's easy. For a while, I used to watch episodes of law, like an episode of Law and Order when I got home from work and I couldn't figure out why. And then I realized what it was. Um, (laughs) I'll tell you, it's my escape. But also the episode starts out. Everything's in chaos. We don't know who, what happened, who the killer is, all that stuff. (laughs) Within an hour, everything's resolved and wrapped up in a neat little box. Whether we like the box or not, or how it turned out, it's done. It's over. Right. That doesn't really happen in my world. Not everything gets wrapped up into a neat little box and, and, and it's life and it just keeps going on and on. So, so that just gave me a little bit of like sense of calm for the day. I get that. I totally get that. Yeah. But I love what I do. I really love it because sometimes you're so good at it. uh, Well, thank you. I, you know, I try, but I'll tell you sometimes I, I, I say this. It's not about me. I'm as good as the two people that I'm working with, because if they want to make the effort and they want to make the change, they will do great. If they don't want to, you can't force other people to change. You can try to hold them accountable. Sometimes there's some little successes, but overall, I can't be effective unless I'm working with a family who really wants there to be something changed in their lives for their children. It makes a huge difference, but I love what I do. I really do. And there are times where it's extremely rewarding. Like when a family who never spoke to each other, the parents were mad at each other all the time, kids were so upset and they finally coordinate on something and the kids are looking at them like, wow, look at you guys. Like, and the kids are proud of them or, you know, maybe they were able to go out for, to coffee together with the kids and talk about what extracurriculars do you want to do? Like, that is so exciting to me. And, and I, I feel like I get so excited because it doesn't always happen. And, and I, I get very proud of these parents for being able to do it because it takes a lot for, and I understand for them to rise above the frustrations that they feel and put it aside to do this. It's not an easy task at all. So true. Well, thank you so much for your time. We might we might need to do a part two. I can. Anytime, anytime. <laughs> you pick the subject. I'm always happy to talk. So um, anytime. All right. If thank someone you, wanted Kim. to get a hold of you, how did they reach you? 
Oh, okay. Gotcha. So I have a website. It's, it's probably the longest name ever, but it's www.coparentingsolutionsllc.com. So it's all one word. No Um, dashes or anything. No dashes. And, and my phone is 248-330-5351. On my website, there's a contact form. Um, if you want to fill out a contact form or my email address, my phone number's on there. If you want a 15-minute free consultation, there's a little calendar app on there that you can schedule 15 minutes with me. Um, these days, because I get really busy, if people call me, uh, they hear it on my voicemail that I just say, if you're a new client, just text me over your full name and email address. And I send out like a really big email with all kinds of information with my forms that are online and easy to fill out and my calendar app to schedule an appointment. So perfect. try to make it as easy as possible for people. Perfect. Perfect. Well, I always enjoy when you and I get to work together and I Thank you so much for your time. Thank we, you, Carrie. We still need to set up our coffee appointments. Yes, for <laughs> sure. For sure. I always say, and Carrie has the magic wand when it comes to mortgages for people who are getting divorced. So I was just telling somebody about you today. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, I really, I appreciate your referrals. That's, that's for My pleasure. Sure. My pleasure. All right. Thanks, Carrie. I appreciate thank you. It. Thanks for listening to Divorce Literacy. Discover more strategies and solutions on divorce mortgage planning at divorcelendingassociation.com.